Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to episode number 86 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm a solicitor and HR specialist and I work for the firm Real Employment Law Advice, which is a firm of solicitors based on the South Coast that I set up in 2013. Now this is episode 86 of the podcast so we're really getting close to that 100 mark and I was just looking back over the podcast records and I noted that I started the podcast back on the 13th of August 2014 and so I've been doing it for over three years now and should be reaching that 100 milestone shortly. And what I have noticed recently is that a number of you have been getting in touch with me, either to say that you find the podcast useful and interesting, which is great, or to make suggestions for podcast topics. And that's fabulous for me. It really helps to know that you're listening and also to give me something to talk about. Because whilst I've got loads of things in relation to employment law, sometimes it can be difficult to narrow it down to decide what to talk about. And fortunately, A gentleman by the name of John got in touch. I won't say his surname just in case he doesn't want everybody to know that um, he sent through this inquiry. But basically, he's made a suggestion following on from last week's topic, which was about suspension. And I'm going to deal with that today. So um, I have had a couple of other people contact me as well. So don't worry, yours are being queued up for the next episodes. And of course, if you have a question or query or topic you'd like covered, then do get in touch with me. It's alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's content. Now, as I said, I was contacted by John, who has a question in relation to disciplinary issues and following on from the suspension. And he's presented two scenarios, which are things that come up fairly regularly, to be honest, and which I've been asked questions about before. So I'm quite happy to talk about them. And the first is in relation to, well, they're actually both in relation to criminal proceedings and employment issues. And the first one is where an employee is suspended because they are subject to being charged by the police or prosecuted by the CPS, what should the employer do in that circumstance? Should they allow them to be suspended pending the outcome of the criminal matter or should they deal with it in the interim? In the incident that's been described by John, the alleged behaviour took place outside of work, so it wasn't work-related, but for some reason the employee was suspended for a long period of time pending the outcome of the criminal proceedings which then didn't actually go ahead. In that case and as with all cases they are very fact specific so you need to get specific advice about the scenario in question if you are concerned but if the conduct is unrelated to the person's job then I would be asking why you have decided to suspend them in the first place and what's the disciplinary allegation or issue related to their work. Now, if it's a a question of reputation, so 
the employer is concerned that the employee is continuing to work whilst they're being prosecuted for a criminal offence and that could have an impact on the reputation within the business, then they need to look at what the employee actually does and then make a decision. If the employee has a fairly non-customer facing role, so they are not a face of the business, for example, customers don't have contact with them, there's no risk to other staff as a result of the allegation, then I would say it's not necessarily something that you would need to suspend them for, nor could it be a disciplinary issue related to work. Really what you need to look at is the basic disciplinary and dismissal principles of reasonableness. So carrying out investigations, having uh, an understanding about whether they are guilty of that conduct, so whether you reasonably believe they're guilty of that conduct, and then deciding whether it would be reasonable to dismiss them for that. And let's just take, for example, somebody who works in an IT server room. Let's just say as an example... Their job is to administrate and make sure that the servers are working correctly. Now, that person is charged with being in a fight at the weekend. It's a one-off incident. It was alcohol-related and they're being prosecuted for it. Now, in that circumstance, would it be reasonable for the employer to terminate their employment on the basis that they've got into this fight? I would probably say no would be my advice on that scenario because it's not related to work. As far as we can tell, it wouldn't put anybody at risk and it doesn't impact upon their job. So I don't think it would be fair to dismiss them. It would certainly be reasonable to undertake your own internal investigation, have a discussion with them, carry out a risk assessment and then perhaps give them a warning in relation to their conduct. But I don't think that would be grounds for dismissal. So certainly it wouldn't justify suspension for a long period of time. If on the other hand the employee were the face of the business and it was an incident that was quite high profile and had a huge reputational impact upon the business then again, I don't think you would have to wait until the outcome of the criminal proceedings in order to take action. As long as you go through a fair process of investigation and inviting them to a meeting, having a discussion with them and then making your decision based on the the test of the reasonable employer as to whether you can justify termination. And it wouldn't be related to what they're actually being prosecuted for. It would be related to a work issue or the work impact if you like. So that's where it takes place and it's not related to work. I would certainly say a long-term suspension pending the outcome of the criminal proceedings would be unreasonable and certainly not necessary and that an employer should be able to deal with it. Now certainly there are cases that suggest that you don't have to wait for the outcome of criminal conduct to be decided before you make your decision and that brings me on to when the conduct relates to something that's alleged to have happened at work or which concerns work. So let's just take for example a situation where somebody has been involved in fraud and it's related to their work, let's say they're in a financial position, financial controller or something like that, they're involved in a fraudulent activity and it's related to work and the police are investigating. So it's come to light by way of a police investigation. 
Now, in those circumstances, certainly you would want to suspend the employee, having gone through the suspension checklist, which I will be happy to send to you and which I talked about in the last podcast. And then you, again, you don't have to wait for the outcome of the criminal proceedings in order to justify your decision to dismiss an employee. As long as you go through the normal process you would with regards to disciplinary action. Now, the problem arises in this scenario because quite often the employee is advised and quite rightly by their criminal solicitor not to enter into discussions with the employer about the allegation. Now, quite rightly so, as I say, the employee will not want to implicate themselves or some other way prejudice the criminal proceedings. So they won't want to be making statements to you or even attending a disciplinary meeting. I've had that in cases where the employee has been advised by their criminal defence solicitor not to even attend. Now, as an employer, you have to undertake your own investigations. So you can't just rely on the police evidence. You need to have undertaken your own inquiries and then be sure that you've reached the correct conclusion at the end of that. And you have to invite the employee in and give them the opportunity to respond. And you have to do that more than once would be my advice. Now, if the employee responds and says, look, I can't attend because I've got ongoing criminal proceedings and I'd like you to place it on hold, then you can make a decision as to whether you do or not. But I would say you don't have to. And it would potentially be worth asking the employee to respond to any specific questions that you have in writing or invite them to attend with their criminal solicitor if they would prefer. That way you're giving the employee a reasonable opportunity to respond to the allegations before you make your decision. Now just because the employee doesn't attend doesn't mean that again you can't decide at the end of it that the employee is guilty of the employment allegation as far as you see it and dismiss them. And the threshold in relation to a decision for dismissal is not the same as it is for criminal proceedings, as I've talked about before. And I'll make a link in the show notes. But if you go back, I did a mini series on dealing with disciplinary issues and dismissals. And we went through the whole process there. So in summary, if an employee is charged with a criminal offence, which is relating to something that took place at work, then you are free to go ahead with the disciplinary procedure before the outcome of the criminal procedure, you don't have to wait as long as you have undertaken a reasonable investigation and you have a reasonable belief in the employee's guilt and you have made your decision within the band of reasonable responses for an employer. Now, you can utilise evidence that the police have gathered in your decision-making, but you can't just rely on that solely. You have to have undertaken some form of investigation yourself Obviously, you need to tread carefully so as not to prejudice any criminal prosecutions. And you certainly shouldn't pressurise the employee into speaking or try to interrogate them as part of your process because it may have an impact on the criminal proceedings. So really, this question from John came off the back of the suspension episode because I understand in the scenarios that John described to me in his email In both cases, the employees were suspended for long periods of time pending the outcome of the criminal investigation. Now, that may very well have been because the employers wanted to wait and give the employees the opportunity to see what the outcome was from the criminal proceedings. And that's fair enough. You can do that as long as you ensure you keep the employee informed that that's what you're doing 
or give them the opportunity to have the disciplinary beforehand because the ACAS code requires disciplinaries to be dealt with without unreasonable delay. So if the employee doesn't object and you want to keep them suspended pending the outcome of criminal proceedings, then you can. But of course, you have to remember that they will be on full pay during that time. And if they request that the disciplinary is dealt with in the interim and you keep them suspended unreasonably, then they may very well have a potential claim in relation to constructive unfair dismissal, as we talked about in the last episode, if you have breached your general duty of trust and confidence to them. There is, of course, the issue about suspension, as I said before, that you shouldn't just use it as a blanket response to any allegations and you should really consider whether it is necessary and appropriate because it may be that it's not appropriate to suspend them but they can remain at work pending the outcome if you so wish. But if you don't want to keep them on suspension and you're not doing it by choice, so in those cases it might have been that the employers didn't know that they could deal with the disciplinary internally whilst the allegations were still outstanding with the police You can do and you should treat every scenario based on its own facts and you should ensure that you have a high level of investigation and make a reasonable decision based on the information that you have and certainly assess the circumstances of the individual employee. It's not sufficient to make a snap judgment to say that because they've been charged with a criminal offence it has an impact on your reputation and therefore you're dismissing them for that reason. It will depend on their circumstances, what they do as a job, and if it really has an impact on the business reputation. Ultimately, however you decide to proceed in relation to this issue, or in any disciplinary issue really, you need to be able to justify your decision and be able to say honestly that you had belief in the conduct that they have done it, and that it's reasonable to dismiss them for it. And if you have that in mind, then you're already on the right track. As I said at the top of the episode, whatever the scenario, I would certainly recommend that you get some legal advice from somebody who knows what they're talking about in relation to these issues because each case is based on its own facts and they are very specific. So you should speak to someone before taking action. As I said, I will put details in the show notes that link to the last episode of the podcast about suspension. You can find the show notes at adviceforemployers.co.uk forward slash podcast. And I will also link to the mini series that I did a a few months back now about dealing with disciplinary and dismissal issues. If you would like a copy of the free suspension checklist for employers to use before suspending an employee, then you can drop me an email and you can send it to either alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk or suspension at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to everyone who's been in touch recently. Thank you to John who sent through the email asking the questions and making the suggestion for this week's topic. I love to hear from listeners and of course if you would like some advice about your case or about a specific incident or issue, then we do advise people around the UK. We can advise you by telephone, by Skype, by email, or we offer face-to-face appointments on the Isle of Wight, in Hampshire, Wiltshire and Sussex. So do get in touch and we would be very happy to help you. Once again, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you, 
that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.